Hi, my name's Diana Trepkoff, and I'd like to welcome you to my new podcast called Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? I'm a forensic artist who's completed hundreds of law enforcement cold cases, and I can tell you firsthand the pain and suffering I have witnessed on families of missing loved ones. I can see the pain on their face, I can hear the pain in their voice, and I feel it in my heart. My dream is that all missing persons will be found and there will never be another missing person ever again. That's what I pray for. That's what I hope for. And that is my dream. So please welcome my new podcast, Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? And one by one, let's bring these missing loved ones home. Thank you. podcast called Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One? I would like to introduce a beautiful mom. Her name is Shelly Filipoff and her daughter Emma went missing in 2012 in Victoria. She was 26 years old. I think the perfect person to tell this story is Shelly and thank you so much Shelly for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me Diana. If you wanted to explain a bit so we can honor your daughter. Who was she before she went missing? What was she like? What did she love to do? What was her passion? Emma, um, growing up, Emma was uh, an extremely sweet, sweet child. She was um, bright. She was happy. She was creative. She was uh, loving. She was very loving. She had a very close relationship with her siblings. Um, she was just a very uh, typical child. She, um, her creativity showed through quite young. She uh, joined a, a dance class when she was five or six, and she excelled. Emma actually excelled at anything that she tried. Um, so yeah, she was a very creative um, little girl and, um, and demonstrated this through, uh, through writing, um, art. To some extent, art, she hadn't really embraced uh, art as a young child yet but she wrote um and she she was a dancer and that's how she expressed her her creativity and her love for and i think diana her love for life emma emma really loved life um there was no question about that there was just no question about that emma loved everything about her life oh i hear is that your cat yes that's my cat wally Oh, so cute. I have two chihuahuas. I love animals. I wanted oh, to. I have a, okay, I have a dog too, and he may bark. I hope he doesn't, but he no, may. No, no. Hey, this is real. I'm totally cool with that. I have, I'm expecting tons of UPS at the door, and I have two dogs, so if they bark, it's all good. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Did Emma love animals? Yes, Emma loved animals and children, nice. uh, babies especially, mm-hmm. I think. But all children, she had a. She was able to develop an interesting rapport with animals and children. And I think it's because um, of the nature of their innocence. Yeah. Uh, I think Emma was very protective um, of her um, of her own animals and animals in general and children. When her brother Alexander was born, she was eight, and <laughs> she she literally took over. She was like the second mom and. Um, I used to have to debate with her to get him back. He was, he was a, a breastfed baby. Yeah. 
I used to have to have a debate with her about how he needed to be fed and, and I needed him back because she would, she would abscond with him. She would pick him up and take him into her room where she had laid out a comforter on the floor and she'd have music playing and she'd be reading to him. And, and um, oh, she had such a, an incredible love, well, for all her siblings, but for Alexander because she was, she was at an age where she could appreciate his babyhood. Nice. It, it was very, it was very sweet to watch. Uh, we have some incredible um, pictures of them together, uh, nice. and that and that relationship just grew. That never changed. That mm-hmm. never changed. They they remained extremely uh, close. You can tell she has a really good heart from what you've said on loving animals. How close she was with all of you. Um, creative. What was her, what did she like to do in dance? What, what, what kind of dancing? Uh, she did a number of, she started with ballet and then she did uh, jazz and she did modern. Wow, good for her. I think her, I don't know what her, what she loved more. She continued with the ballet. I think maybe modern uh, became her, her preference and she was, she was excelling. She was really excelling in dance, but at about the age of, I'm going to say around 15, uh, her dance instructor wanted her to compete. And Emma was very non-competitive. She was not uh, showy about her talents. She did, I mean, she performed at the annual show as part of her class, but she did not want to go on to competition. So unfortunately, she left dance because of that. Mm. But, mm-hmm. you know, she loved it. That was re- that's really nice. Oh, um, yeah. And what about, does she, like, how many brothers, sisters? She so have? she has an older sister, Erica. Mm-hmm. She has two younger brothers, Matthew and Alexander. And beautiful names. It must be hard for everybody. For it is. It is. Um, it's um, my 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 children don't um, talk about it. I think it's too painful. Yes, I I've um I've completed two hundred and thirty law enforcement cold cases, and so many families that I speak to. Some of them, it's, it's so hard for them to talk about it. And some actually will get upset if people don't mention them because they're like, you know, their life mattered. Everyone's different, but I understand the pain. Yes. I, I, yeah, I, I, I see it. I see so much. Actually, that's why I created this podcast, Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One, is because it hurts me to see so many families go through mental torture. And I feel bad for the victims and we don't know if they're dead or alive. We don't know if they're begging for us to find them. And I just thought, besides advocating and doing the forensic art, I felt like that burning desire inside that there's something else I can do. And then, and then it hit me. Yeah, this is it. So hopefully with our conversation, you know, once this, you explain what happened or the investigation, someone can come forward. And that, that's my hope with this. I just wanted to say that Emma has brown eyes, approximately 100 pounds when she went missing. Her date of birth is January 6, 1986. Mm-hmm. She disappeared on November 28, 2012, and that's in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And today, Emma would be 34 years old, just so the viewers or the listeners would know that. Right, that's correct. And she's also, I would say for height, she's about five foot four, maybe five foot five. Okay. Yeah. I looked at some pictures of her. Beautiful. Very beautiful. So are oh, you. beautiful. So are beautiful. You. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So if you wanted to go on, is there anything else you wanted to say about her before she went missing? Um, no, just that I miss her terribly. I love her deeply. Um, some days it's hard to breathe. Um, you used the right word when you said torture for families. It's yeah. absolute torture, not knowing. Um, 
what has happened to her. Um, I strongly believe in the beginning, I wasn't sure um, because there was just so much going on, Diana. There was just so much in the very beginning uh, that I was overwhelmed with information and possibilities. But um, now I feel very confident that somebody really does know something. Yes. And I implore them, I beg them to come forward with information. I just need to know that she is alive and that she is well. Uh, no expectations on Emma. Uh, if that were the case, that she were alive and well, and she, for some reason, chose not to make contact with us, uh, chooses not to come home, um, that's okay with me. That's okay with me. I just need to know where she is and that she's okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. You're her mom, and you can, I can hear the pain in your voice, and um, and I'm so sorry this has happened. If you can um, explain when you first found out she was missing, what the police think, a bit about the investigation, whatever you know that we can let the people here worldwide when this comes out. Okay, well, um, so it all started on um, the, she went missing on a Wednesday, November 28, 2012. Uh, she went missing at approximately eight o'clock from uh, in front of the Empress Hotel in Victoria, BC, Canada. And um, the, whole, um, the whole thing kind of started on the Friday before she phoned me and she was highly distressed. She was crying and she was upset and she said she wanted to come home. And I of course said, yes, um, I will get a ticket um, get a ticket for you and it'll be waiting for you at the Victoria airport. And by all means, please come home. We, whatever it is, we can handle it. We can fix it. We can do whatever. Just go ahead, get the ticket, come home. Yeah. So that was that. Um, I thought, I thought that was that. Um, very curious as to why she was so upset and very curious to know why she was even calling, asking, seemingly asking for help because Emma was an extremely independent person. Even as a child, my Emma was very independent. Um, so um, Saturday morning, mid-morning my time, I received another phone call from Emma and she still sounded distraught, but she said, um, I'm just going through some things that I need to work out for myself. Uh, I'm not going to uh, take you up on that ticket. I'm not going to come home. I'm going to uh, work things out. So we left it at that on the Saturday. On the Sunday, I get a, got another call and she said, um, no, I'm really struggling. I do need, I, I do want to come home and I don't think I can do it on my own. I have so much stuff to move and I just don't know how to go about it. Would you please come out and help? So of course I said I would booked a ticket. Actually, I had booked a ticket um, Saturday as well, I believe. Now, I'm going back seven, over seven years, almost seven and a half years. Uh, I believe Saturday, I booked a ticket for myself thinking I would go out. And then Sunday, I got this call saying, no, don't uh, come. Yes, absolutely come. Um, but because I need help to come home, I can't do it on my own. Very shortly after, I get another phone call. Anyways, this went on until Tuesday at which point I had made the decision that I would go out despite her request for me no longer to go out. She, she really wavered back and forth. It was, it was um, yes, come, no, don't come, please come, please don't come. I mean, she was imploring me not to come when she asked me not to come. Um, her and that would be really hard on you. It was very difficult. My gut told me to go, but my, her dad 
and her siblings all said, um, remember how important it is for Emma that we respect her decisions and we respect her requests. And um, if her last request was not to come, then you should respect that mom and not, and not go. My gut said I should have gone. At the time, my gut said go. But anyways, um, so this went back and forth. So Wednesday morning, very early, it'd be about 4 a.m. Victoria time. There's a three-hour difference, so about 7 o'clock my time in the morning. I get another phone call for Emma, and all she said was in a very low um, voice. It didn't sound much like her, but she wasn't. She didn't have the same level of distress in her voice. She just said, don't come, not today, Mom. And she hung up. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. At which point, I booked the ticket right away and flew out that afternoon. My suitcase was already packed. I had already packed it because, you know, there was so much debating going back and forth. So I was ready to go. So I got a flight out uh, Wednesday afternoon. I arrived in Victoria at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. on the night of the uh, 28th, just an hour after um, she had gone missing. And uh, by the time I got through the airport and got a taxi, I went to, oh, I, I forgot to mention that in, in all this, all these phone calls, I discovered that she was staying at a woman's shelter. Um, okay. Yes. And so where was the woman's shelter? Uh, in Victoria on, on the corner of Blanchard and, um, hmm, corner of Blanchard and something, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the street off the top of my head. Okay. Um, anyways, it, it was a woman's shelter and she had been staying there which shocked me, to be honest, because she had never told us mm -hmm. and never said anything that would lead us to think that she was struggling in such a way as to end up in a woman's shelter. So, and she didn't tell me over the phone. The reason I found out was um, when she called, some of the times she obviously was calling from a payphone, maybe a, a couple of times, maybe a time or, or two, she called from a friend's phone. Um, but then there were a couple of phone calls from um, what came up on my, um, my ID on my phone. My caller ID was Sandy Merriman. And I assumed Sandy Merriman was a friend, but in fact, it was the shelter, the Sandy, Men, Sandy Merriman Shelter for Women. So when I found that, I called the number expecting to speak to a friend, and they answered that this was a woman's shelter. So at that point, I knew that she was staying at a woman's shelter which is very upsetting as, because as I said, I had no idea and I couldn't even begin to imagine why she would have ended up in a shelter, knowing that she could have turned to us, her yeah. dad and I, very easily. Yeah. Or any kind of assistance that she needed. Um, it would have been given to her without question. So anyway, so back to November 28th. So I arrive in Victoria at nine o'clock. I get a taxi and by the time I get through security and everything, I am at the Sandy Merriman Woman's shelter at 11 o'clock that night. Emma's not there. So they told me that she hadn't come to claim her bed. And I asked if that was unusual. And they said, no, she hasn't always claimed her bed. Um, but she has been staying here on and off for over nine months. So a lot of flags went up, of course. And really, again, I was shocked. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Um, did you talk to people that knew her from the shelter, like other people who were staying there? No, no. I, I spoke to the manager, the night manager. Okay. And we went up to her office and we talked. And by midnight, she had decided that the police should be called and that Emma should be considered a missing person. 
So obviously there was a lot that had gone on for them. I wasn't the one that suggested it. It didn't occur to me, Diana, that she was missing. I thought, well, she just, she's staying at a friend's house. I didn't, I was sad and I was disappointed. And yes, I have to admit, I was, I was worried, but it didn't occur to me that she would be considered a missing person. I, I really thought that she must have been at a friend's house and that she had missed, her, you know, hadn't taken her bed that night like she had not taken her bed on a few occasions over that period of time. So um, when the manager called the police and decided to have her uh, declared a missing person, all kinds of flags went off. I mean, I, I just... Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's very hard to hear as a parent. It was. It really was. So the police came and um, they assured me that she was probably really just at a friend's house and that I shouldn't worry and that um, she would probably turn up within 24 hours. Well, as we know, that's not the case. So, um, so I booked a hotel room across from the shelter and sat up all night, watch. I, I asked for a room at the front of the hotel so I could watch the uh, shelter and see if Emma came, came in and I could go over right away. And of course, Emma never showed up. And um, almost seven and a half years later, here we are and still we have no idea what happened to Emma. Mm, I'm so sorry. Um, if anybody knows anything, they can contact you how? Uh, they should contact me at philipoff at hotmail.com. And that is on the website, which is um, helpfindemmaphilipoff.com. And can you spell the last name for them? Of course. It's F-I-L-L-I-P-O-F-F at hotmail.com. That's for me. And if you want to go to her website, it's helpfindemmaphilipoff.com. And the police service involved? The police service is the Victoria Police Department. And I'll give you their phone number. Uh, it's their non-emergency number. It's 250-995-7654. And the detective in charge is Detective Bob Isles. And Isles is spelled I-L-E-S, just like it sounds. Okay, perfect. And if anybody knows any anything about this like what happened to emma where she is today um we're begging you to call in any tip no tip is too small and you can go to the can i help find your missing loved one website and put a tip in also Excellent. um yeah i believe someone knows something they always do you know i so believe so too i do people don't disappear into thin air they don't just vanish like that no. so no. Um, what about a documentary? You mentioned the documentaries in the works. Yes, yes, um, an hour-long uh, documentary. It's nice. an independent. It's an independent production from uh, Kimberly Bordage, who's a filmmaker and a film editor. And the uh, the working title is "The Search for Emma Philipoff." Uh, Kimberly's been an advocate since 2015. Uh, she has been right along. Uh, my side since 2015. And that's amazing, and that's so important to have. So thank oh, you, Kimberly. <laughs> that is amazing. She and she is amazing. She has been uh, with me, as I said, since 2015. I don't know what I'd do without her. She's become an extremely close friend. So um, I don't know what I would do without her. I love hearing stuff like that, where you know, I, the sad news is through tragedy, but 
so many amazing people come together and then you realize how many people care for one another. Oh, I've had so, so much outpouring of, of love and, and care and concern and, and offers to help. Uh, yeah. It's been wonderful. So the production is going to chronicle Emma's life. And then, of course, it's going to examine the mysterious disappearance um, on the night of the 28th of November 2012. And in the documentary, there will be uh, details of her disappearance. And there will also be um, interviews with myself, the police, friends, acquaintances, colleagues, bosses, witnesses uh, during the last seven years uh, of her missing. Nice. Uh, also, we'll be looking at tips and uh, unconfirmed sightings. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a fabulous production. The crew's currently navigating new ways to continue the production while following all the protocol for the COVID-19. Mm -hmm. That production down, I think, to some extent, but they're, they're definitely still working. Um, it had been hoped that um, it would be out in early fall, that I'm sure will now have to be delayed because of the pandemic, uh, but it will be produced. There's no question about that. And I'm very excited about it to bring back her story, to make sure this is, these are the things that, that, that can be done now. Um, an actual search, you know, a boots on the ground kind of search is no longer feasible because nobody knows where to go. Yeah. But the documentary, that, that's a great idea. And I'm looking forward to seeing that when that comes out. And oh, it'll also, be fabulous. Yeah. And I noticed um, the stories on Fifth Estate. I was on Fifth Estate for the Reed Jervison case, the Jane Doe 59. Yes. And they're so thorough. They're, they're amazing. And so I watched that. And if you want to talk a little bit about the last time she was seen on surveillance. On surveillance, the last time she was seen... The last time she was uh, seen in person was um, by two police officers um, between about 7.20 and 8 o'clock on the night of the 28th. On surveillance, the last time she was seen was, I'm going to venture to say 6.30 in the evening, on, on that evening. And she was at a 7-Eleven purchasing either a prepaid credit card or a prepaid cell phone. I can't. She went to the, the same 7-Eleven twice. She was captured on surveillance camera twice during that day. And I just can't remember which she bought first, whether she bought the credit card uh, first or the phone first. But her, the last surveillance we have of Emma is at the 7-Eleven. And I believe it was around 6.30 that evening. And where was the 7-Eleven? Just in case it can trigger off some, someone who's listening. Uh, I think it was on Douglas Street. I'm sorry, my memory really for these details um not far from where she was um interviewed by the police not far from the empress hotel so i'm i i'm going to sound douglas street okay and um and what do you feel in your heart happened i know you don't know but what do you feel well to be honest diane i'm afraid to feel what i feel okay um my biggest my biggest fear um is that somebody is holding her against her will. I have to fight that thought on a daily basis um, because I believe that there are things that are far worse than death. Um, so that is because there has been nothing, because no one has come forward with, with anything that was, that was tangible enough to follow up, um, it leads me to believe that she is 
with someone. Now, I like to think if she is with someone, it's someone who's uh, legitimately trying to help her. Mm -hmm. That feels that they're helping her by um, keeping her away from us. Um, but I do have to fight some pretty, some pretty ugly thoughts. I do. I, I have to admit that I do. If she could hear you right now, what would you want to say to her? I would want to say, um, I would want to tell her how much I love her, um, how much she's loved by her family and her friends, and how much we miss her. And, and all we want to know is that, that you're safe, Emma, that you're okay, and that you don't need us to interfere, to step in, to, to, to help you in any way, that you are actually living your life according to how you've chosen to live it. Yeah. No, I, I hope she can hear you. And um, oh, I, I can so. tell you're a really good mom. And I can tell you're hurting a lot. And I'm really sorry that you're going through this. And I'm sorry that this happened to you and to Emma and to everyone who loves her. Um, like I said, there's so many families that are hurting so bad. And my heart goes out to them. And I just want to I just want people who know something to come forward. And I, I keep saying this, don't protect the criminals, protect, protect the innocent people out there. Absolutely. And yeah. Say what you know. And, you know, I can hear in your voice, the pain and I'm sure it's, it's been hell since she's been missing and it's, it's hard for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm really sorry. So again, I really hope someone will come forward with something. You can call the Victoria police department it's um, 250-995-7654. You can call Emma's mom, Shelly, get in touch with her. You can go on the Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One .com, the, my website, or you can call Crime Stoppers. And um, so there's so many ways people can come forward. If they're afraid to come forward, there's Crime Stoppers. So there's, there's so much that people can do to help. And I hope by this podcast, someone will come forward. Is there any final thoughts that you wanted to say? Um, I guess what I would like to reiterate is that um, what people can do uh, is to uh, share Emma's story on social media. As I said, searching boots on the ground type of search is no longer a viable um, option. But um, whenever there's a post um, about... Emma, regardless of the nature, um, it would be wonderful. I, I appreciate the fact that people like it. I have, I forget how many likes her page on Facebook has well over 15,000 likes. Mm -hmm. If you like it and share it as well. Um, every month on the anniversary, on the 28th of each month, I post either a poem that I've written or, uh, or a quotation or a song. Last month it was a song that made me think of Emma. Um, this month, um, it will probably be a poem. And if that could be shared, not, not for any reason other than it keeps Emma alive in people's minds, uh, it makes them realize uh, that she is still missing, that we still need to find her. Um, I worry that people will forget about her. I worry that people might assume that she's been found if there isn't enough uh, attention uh, made uh, attention given to her case. So if people could share on social media, uh, whether it's Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter, um, if people could share her story, uh, share anything that's posted about Emma, 
um, whether it's posted by me or posted by Kimberly or posted by anyone, mm -hmm. um, that will help, uh, definitely help keep this story alive. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah, to keep it current is so important. And I know there are so many people who won't want to share some cases. They'll say, oh, it's kind of dark, this, that. And I'm, I keep saying, you know, to people that I know, you know what, nobody thinks this will ever happen to them. You know, everyone is shocked it's actually happened to them, someone they love. And we all have to work together as a team. It takes one second to share. We're not asking for money. We're just asking share. And then, you know, I have 5,000 friends and then the other person will have 5,000. And before you know it, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people are seeing Emma's story. And exactly. it's important to keep the case current. Just keep it going, going, because, you know, she's a beautiful person. She's a human being. She deserves to be found. You deserve to have her back, the whole family. I, I agree. When I was watching The Fifth Estate, I seen her poems. And I wanted to say, you can tell from her poems, they reveal a lot, like how much she loves you, because she was talking about you in there. So I wanted you to know, like, with me looking in, I could see the love that she has for you. And I don't even know her. So I just want you to know that, that you're a special mom. I'm sure she knows you're a special mom. And I really hope that this podcast will help so you can get your daughter back. Oh, thank you, Diane. I, I certainly hope so, too. I, it, it certainly will help. It, it certainly will help. Okay, so thank you so much for being on my podcast, Shelly. And again, anybody, if you know any, anything at all, please um, come forward. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and thank you for listening to Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One. Okay, bye, Shelly. Bye, Diana. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Can I Help Find Your Missing Loved One is created, produced, and hosted by Diana Trepkoff. Associate producer and sound editing by Marty Brown. Please don't forget to call in any tips. Thank you.